All right, y'all, what is this? Is your man L Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds? Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today, we have a big talk. Uh, I'm gonna have a word on the street segment for you guys, and then I'll be breaking down some sports. Uh, so far, we can I'll be breaking down uh, some uh, NFL, not some NFL action. We do have some news there, we have some college football action to go through. Uh, we have a few games in the top 25 to talk about, and then we also have some NBA news to talk about as well so let's get right into it of course with that word on the street and i have an update on those fires out here for you guys and by yesterday evening uh the fires in northern california mostly uh in the sonoma county area are about 74 percent contained and about 78,000 acres have already burned uh and it has destroyed 372 structures including 174 homes uh but the fire is uh, well the fire uh at least in this area in northern California, uh, like I said, in the Sonoma County area, which is affecting uh, cities and towns such as Geyserville, Calistoga, also uh, Windsor as well. Those were the areas uh, under fire. Uh, there are the fire is still burning, however, but it has not grown. Uh, but people have uh, people have been allowed to return home. About 773 residents, and uh, there, but there are 400 structures that remain in danger. Uh, the fire is still, uh, itself started uh, in the vicinity of a malfunctioning transmission tower so of course again PG&E is to blame here uh, residents have been urged to be aware of hazardous waste and also to wear protective equipment when they are returning to their homes and they have been told not to do any type of cleanup just yet they will be given the word by the fire department uh, about 5,015 Sonoma County residents are still uh, under evacuation orders and about uh, 1,400 still do not have power another 18,000 are without gas although 8,000 have had that restored now in Southern California the Maria Fire which is outside of Oxnard and Ventura counties is only about 20% contained and also seven schools in the area have been closed and uh, the SoCal area is at risk of another major fire and is basically under a red flag warning from the time being so uh, we are not out of the woods just yet particularly in Southern California uh, however there has been some massive strides uh, on the northern side of the state so the fires there are pretty much uh, well they will be under control and will be uh, will be done within the next couple of days hopefully and uh, like I said before this was all started again by again faulty equipment uh, by PG&E. It is time for them to be overhauled in my opinion audited. It is time uh, I, I, you know again I, I'm not going to just outright say the state or uh, federal government needs to take over uh, things such as uh, power and utilities uh, but uh, definitely there needs to be some type of overhaul and uh, PG&E definitely need, needs to be held accountable. Uh, there is only so much that California as a state can do on its own level uh, in terms of uh, prevention. Uh, there's been a lot of people I think they don't really understand what's going on or how things of that nature work. Uh, we can do a whole bunch of things in terms of um, uh, well, Californians, the state itself can do a whole bunch of things to prevent fires or, you know, although all whatever maintenance. And for the most part, California does that. However, we cannot account for what corporations do, especially when they are given 
uh, when restrictions and legislation is lifted in terms of regulation. So during the course of Trump's presidency, he's lifted regulations on corporations. So this is what you're seeing. Do not blame the state of California. Do not blame any. No, this was the cause. Again, just like last year's fire was a down power line. This again, it was the cause of a corporation. See, the people don't want to blame the corporation. People work and they get their checks and they consume off of corporations. So I get it. You're too scary to say something about it. Your corporation screwed you over. You can keep saying California this, California did that. But again, uh, the lack of regulations because of this government and lack of uh, oversight by these regulations, because of the lack of regulations, this is what happens. Nobody's there. You cannot check the corporation if there's no regulations put in place so there's there's only so much that california can do because guess what trump and the federal government aka the republicans at this point in time have decided again i keep saying it so y'all can understand it they lifted all those regulations they lifted environmental regulations they cut uh, uh, funding for the epa those those organizations those situations those regulations would have kept uh pg in, in place but since we dealing with a government that favors the corporations and not necessarily the people or the taxpayer, that's what you have. So stop blaming California. Stop. And again, Trump is is, is starting to uh, threaten to take away uh, federal services. Well, guess what, Trump? You should stop taxing me then. Don't tax me no more. Stop taxing Californians if you don't want to give us no no federal aid. Then stop taxing us. Give us give me my money back. Oh. Right, they don't want to do that, but they want to tax you and they want you to keep paying bills to these crooked ass corporations. That's the problem with the Republican Party and I'm going to keep telling you this over and over again and I will not stand for them. As independent as I am at this point in time, I am not I am not falling for that for that jargon coming from anybody conservative. That is BS. This is a corporate problem because the corporations have no regulations. They are in bed currently with your government. That is the problem. And I'm not going to sit here and say California needs to do this or they should have uh, 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 spending taken over federal, uh, you know, funds taken away from. They shouldn't. And if they do, then no, nobody in California should be paying federal taxes until until that situation uh, fixes itself out. That's my opinion. But of course, I know this country is greedy. They want you to pay for their. They want you to pay for their weak ass services. They want you to, and they want you to pay your weak ass taxes that they don't do nothing with, but put them in their pocket. That's what we're dealing with in this day and age. But we won't be satisfied till we end up. This is gonna be my segue now. We will not be satisfied till we end up like Hong Kong and we hit a recession. Yes, Hong Kong has recently uh, reached a recession. The GDP has dropped 3.2 percent in the past three months, mainly due to, the, of course, the recent protests, which have become violent. Uh, and this has a negatively affected consumer spending, and it's also uh, basically a, a well for now. There's been a drop in tourism revenue by one third. Also, the, uh, the the tariff war with the U.S. is not helping matters either. The GDP would also drop by another uh, 0.5% in June. And a technical recession occurs when there are two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Uh, China, oh, sorry, Hong Kong has been experiencing a growth rate that was once 0.5%, positive 0.5%. Now that growth percent is at negative 2.9. So basically negative 3%. So again, um, I'm not saying that we're right behind them in terms of having a recession, but if things don't get right and there's continually this uh, gap in terms of wealth, 
This is what happened in 08. But nobody seems to realize that. Everybody wants to blame liberals and all this. Who was involved in our country when we had our last recession? Republicans. That should be all the proof you need as to, as to see, oh, well, they're just as ineffective. Just saying, again, the Republican Party in this country is more concerned about quote-unquote oral sex than it is about actually doing politics. Uh, you can you can be in bed with foreign and, and foreign entities and, and have them conduct elect, elect uh, sorry investigations for you, and then have the nerve to say, well, we're going to strip away state funding because what? I think it's for the exact same because we're not friends of Trump. That's really what it is. I, I think that it's become petty, and I think it's become uh, we're just going to make California an example, and I think it's going to backfire. I think it's definitely going to backfire. It's not going to work that way. Trump, I hope we don't end up like Hong Kong because that's the way you're trying to run it. Um, I do not like. I do not like it. They can keep talking about these weak ass jobs that they keep adding that don't pay anything. People are having to work two full time jobs just to get by. I don't care about the jobs being added. They're not paying nothing. We've already broken down in 20 cities where you're not making. Even in Republican cities, we've broken down. I've broken down 20 Republican cities where you're not making ends meet. So working, it doesn't matter anymore in this day and age. Okay, does it, is, is, is it helping Hong Kong? No, jobs don't mean shit. So unfortunately, Hong Kong is hitting a recession. We're still dealing with fires in California and the president don't even want to help us out. That's what we're going on with today. That's the world on the street. It's not a whole lot of great stuff going on right now, unfortunately. But you know what? We got to keep striving and keep going. I'm sending some prayers out to everybody in Southern California and also the people in Northern California as well. And any anybody, especially in the working class, uh, that's making, you know, bringing home a paycheck in Hong Kong right now that's going to be affected by this recession because it's bullshit. We're just dealing with groups of rich people who don't want to pay nobody, who want to constantly shit on everybody over and over again, but want you to kiss their ass and want you to be like them. No, I don't want to be like y'all. Even if I had all the money in the world, I don't. I don't want to be like that. I don't think I could. I don't think you could be have all the money in the world and be a conscious and and, and really down to earth uh, spiritual person. I don't think it's possible. This is what the type of stuff goes down. When people get all the money in the world. They can control things. They don't want to. They don't want to share nothing. And this is what happens. You have Hong Kong fighting each other because fighting uh, against China because China wants to exert all type of all type of powers. Although they've given on. They've given Hong Kong, you know, pretty much financial autonomy and political autonomy, but still want to run that shit. So, again, things ain't perfect in the world right now. Um, I'm anti, I'm just anti-establishment today. Just bear with me right now. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking some sports. Of course, I'll be going over some college football first, uh, some top 25 action. And then, um, of course, like I said, we have some NFL news to break down, as well as the scores from last night in the NBA. All right, y'all. I will be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. I'm going to break down some college football. 
course, we're going to break down all the top 25 scores from yesterday. We're going to start off in the Big 12 uh, with number 12, Baylor, getting it done against West Virginia, 17-14. to 14. Uh, For the Baylor Bears, they move up to 8-0 no on a year. And for West Virginia, they move down to 3-5. and five. Let's break down the stats on this one. For West Virginia, on offense, they were led by quarterback Austin Kendall. He would go 20-39 for 205 yards, also a touchdown and an interception. On the ground, the Mountaineers were led by Letty Brown, who had 27, uh, 27 yards in through the air. George Campbell would uh, have 83 yards on one catch. He'd also bring in a touchdown on that catch as well. On defense, defensive lineman Darius Steels will lead the way with 10 total tackles and three sacks. Uh, safety Sean Mahone would have eight, eight total tackles and a sack. And uh, as a whole, West Virginia's defensive unit performs eight total sacks, uh, but just not enough to, to take down Charlie Brewer. Uh, now, Baylor on offense, of course, was led by was led by quarterback Charlie Brewer, who went 20 of 26 for 277 yards. He also threw two touchdown passes as well. On the ground, senior running back Jamichael Hasty would add would add 77 rushing yards, and wide receivers Denzel Mims would catch five catches for 99 yards and a touchdown, and R.J. Sneed would catch four catches for 41 yards. He'd also catch a touchdown pass as well. On defense, the Baylor Bears were led by safety Henry Black, who had five total tackles, uh, and and linebacker Terrell Bernard, who would have 10 total tackles and a sack. Let's move on. Uh, we have a state uh, rivalry, an in-state rivalry here. Also, another Big 12 matchup between Kansas State and Kansas. Number 22, Kansas State gets the win in this win, 38-10. to 10. Uh, We're going to move on to number 20, Appalachian State, taking their first loss of the year, this time against uh, Georgia Southern. 24-21 to 21 was the final score here. Uh, yeah, this was, this was surprising for me. Appalachian State, I thought they would uh, at least going to that conference game undefeated, but that conference championship undefeated. But looks like uh, Appalachian State does take their first loss here. Uh, up next, we have number 14, Michigan, getting an easy conference win here against Maryland. 38-7 to is the final score here. Uh, we got number 23, Wake Forest, getting an easy conference win as well against North Carolina State. 44-10 to is the final score here. Up next, we got number 16, Notre Dame, uh, getting, an, getting a tough-fought victory over Notre Dame 21 to 20 was the final score here I'm not buying Notre Dame of course uh, they already took that loss to Michigan there um, they're okay they're, they're not that great last week I said that they sucked and all that I went on a on a tangent but they're just okay they're not all that great they just you know they're not they're not that great I'm just gonna keep saying that at number, uh, we also have number eight, Georgia, getting it done in the world's largest cocktail party. Uh, yes, this is, what, this is what they call a rivalry game against Florida for some reason. I don't know, uh, but they get it done against the number six, uh, number six ranked Florida Gators, twenty-four to seventeen is the final score here. Georgia moves to seven and one on the year. Of course, Florida is now seven and two. Let's break down the stats in this one. On offense, Georgia was led by quarterback Jake Fromm, who went twenty of thirty for two hundred seventy-nine yards. He'd also have two touchdown passes as well running back deandre swift lead the way for the bulldogs with 87 rushing yards wide receiver lawrence cager would have seven catches in 132 yards and a touchdown catch and wide receiver uh, dominic blaylock would have a receiving touchdown 
as well. On defense, Georgia was led by defensive back Mark Webb, who had six total tackles, and linebacker Aziz Ajulari, who had five total tackles and a sack. Both Florida offensive leaders were led by quarterback Kyle Trask, who went 21-33. He also had 257 uh, passing yards and also two touchdowns. Uh, running back LaMichael P. Ryan would lead the way for the Gators with just 31 rushing yards. And wide receiver uh, Freddie Swain would have eight catches and 91 yards and a touchdown. Tight end Kyle Pitts would have four catches and 78 yards. And wide receiver Van Jefferson would have two catches and 31 yards. He would also have a touchdown as well. On defense, uh, the Gators were led by linebacker Jonathan Greenard, who had nine total tackles, and also defensive back Sean Davis, who had eight total tackles uh, as well. Uh, next up, we have a Pac-12 matchup between number nine, Utah, and uh, unranked Washington. Uh, Utah was able to get that win there, 33-28. Uh, basically solidifying their first place spot in the Pac-12 South. So uh, if the season were to end today, it's going to be Utah and Oregon for the Pac-12 title. Uh, hopefully that matchup stays the same. I like I like uh, Utah, actually. They play really good football this year, despite not having their top running back, Zach Moss. And Oregon, we already know about the Ducks. I keep talking about them all the time. They're better than what people think. So that's going to be a good matchup here. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about Oregon's win. Uh, up next, we have number four, Clemson, getting an easy uh, win against an unranked Division II opponent, Wofford, 59-14. Again, it's nothing to write home about. Nobody... It's not consequential in my opinion. Uh, let's move on. We got number 11, Auburn, getting it done against Ole Miss, 20-14. Auburn holds on to that 11th place spot in the nation. They're liable to move up uh, by tonight. I think the new rankings will be coming out at some point. I believe 8 o'clock Eastern, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later than that. Uh, but next up, we have number 17, Cincinnati, getting it done against East Carolina, 46-43. to uh, And we got, a, we got another top 25 matchup uh, from last night. This one was a pretty exciting one uh one of my favorite games of the year uh we have number 24 memphis getting done against number 15 smu aka southern methodist university out there in dallas 54 to 48 is the final score here final score here both teams remain at 8-1 uh let's break down the stats for this one as well on offense the mustangs were led by shane buchel he went 34 54 for 456 yards and also three touchdowns running back Kamon Freeman with that 74 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and running back Xavier Jones with that 22 rushing yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver James Proch with that 13 catches and 149 yards, as well as a touchdown. Also, the other uh, wide receiver, Rasheed Rice, with that seven total catches and 122 yards. And also, tight end Kyle Granson with that four total catches, 77 yards, and also two touchdowns. On defense, SMU was led by linebacker Richard, Richard McBride, excuse me, who had 12 total tackles in a sack. Linebacker Delano Robinson, he had nine total tackles in a sack as well. And defensive end Delonte Scott with that four total tackles and a sack. For the Memphis Tigers, on offense, they were led by uh, quarterback Brady White. He went 19-33 for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Wide receiver Antonio Gibson would actually lead all rushers 
with uh, 97 rush yards. He'll also have a touchdown there as well. He'll also bring in six, ca uh, six catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Running back Kenneth Grant would have 88 rushing yards and a touchdown. And wide receiver DeMonte Coxey would have seven total catches for 143 yards and also two touchdowns. And on defense, the Tigers were led by defensive back TJ Carter, who had eight total tackles. Linebacker Austin Hall, who had eight total, uh, 10 total tackles, excuse me. Defensive back LaAndre Thomas, who had six, who had six total tackles. And also defensive lineman Jaleel Clement, who will go on to have two sacks. Uh, we also have another Pac-12 uh, matchup to talk about here. Number seven, Oregon gets, gets it done against USC, excuse me, 56 to 24, like I said. Oregon and Utah are on a collision course for that Pac-12 title, and that should be a good game. And finally, rounding out the top 25, we have Boise State. They were able to bring back their quarterback, Hank. I think his uh, last name is Burke Meyer. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, they, they, were able to bring, they brought back their starting quarterback and was able to get a win here in the, the Mountain West Conference over uh, San Jose State. 52 to 42 is the final score there. Of course, Boise State is the 21st, the number 21 team in the nation. Uh, let's move on. Of course, we have some NFL action going on as we speak, but I wanted to get some quick news hits out of the way. Let's go over some quick hit, uh, quick headlines uh, while everything is going on. Uh, we're going to talk about, first of all, we're going to talk about wide receiver Josh Gordon. He was recently signed by Seattle after being released by New England's injured reserve. Uh, he will miss this week's game versus Tampa, but will be available for next week's game. So, there you go. Josh Gordon has a new home. Hopefully, uh, he'll have some success as well. Uh, wide receiver Nikhil Harry, the rookie uh, out of New England, he has been activated off of IR and will be uh, making his first appearance this Sunday at Baltimore. Uh, he did suffer a knee injury during training camp, which has kept him off the field up until now. He did miss all the preseason, but there you go. Nikhil Harry is making his first appearance. And finally, we have another runner, uh, another wide receiver to talk about real quick, Dante Moncrief. He was released by the Steelers yesterday uh, after uh, signing a two-year contract uh, worth $9 million and $3 million guaranteed about nine months ago. Uh, he's just played in five games this season and has caught only four patches, passes on 15 uh, targets. So he's been targeted 15 times this whole season. Only brought in four passes for 18 yards. He also had zero touchdowns. And I get why the Steelers made that move. I'm not mad enough for that. Finally, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, we have some news to talk about real quick. And the Warriors have some more injury issues to deal with. I think it's time to uh, put in that tank button. Uh, Ford Draymond Green has suffered a, uh, suffered an index finger injury in the second quarter. Uh, he suffered that in the second quarter of their loss to uh, the Spurs Friday. And there is no timetable for his return. D'Angelo Russell will also be missing Saturday's game. Well, he also missed Saturday's game with an ankle injury. The starting five last night consisted of... Kai Bowman, Jordan Poole, uh, Glenn Robinson Jr., Eric Pascal, and Willie Cully Stein. Of course, the Warriors are going to lose that game 93 to 87 to the Hornets at home. Yeah, it's a it's a bad time to be a Warriors fan, just being honest with y'all. Sorry. Sorry. That's the unpopular opinion. Uh, we're gonna talk about some scores from last night. Uh the Pelicans, uh, they take a loss here to the Thunder, 104 to 115. The Nuggets get a win here against the Magic, 91 to 87. The uh the Pistons get it done against the Nets, 113 to 109. We got the Suns getting a win here against the Grizzlies, 114 to 105. The Suns move up to four and two on a year. The Grizzlies are now one and four. Uh, for the Suns, that were led, of course, by guard Devin 
Devin Booker, who had 21 points. He also had two assists and a rebound. Center Aaron Baines would have 20, 20 points, four rebounds, and two, uh, sorry, 20 points, four assists, and two rebounds. And forward Kelly Oubre Jr. would have 15 points, four rebounds, and also three assists. For the Grizzlies, they were led by uh, guard Ja Morant, the rookie. He would have 24 points, seven assists, and also three rebounds. Dylan Brooks and Brandon Clark would also have 16 points coming off the bench. Uh, Brandon Clark, the floor forward, would also add a, would also excuse me add 11 rebounds to his uh, stats as well. Uh, the T Wolves get it done against the Wizards, 131 to 109. The Bucks get it done against the Raptors, 115 to 105. They are both both these teams are two uh, now four and two on the year. For the Raptors, they were led by Kyle Lowry, who actually uh, was tied with Giannis for points. He had 36 points, six assists, and also three rebounds. Pascal Siakam would also have 16 points and five rebounds. Uh, uh, for the Bucks, Giannis had 36 points as well, 15 rebounds and eight assists, and guard. Eric Bledsoe would have 14 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. Uh, and finally, the Blazers, my Blazers, they took a they took a one-point loss to the Sixers last night. I'm kind of frustrated about this one because we were leading significantly in this one in the second half, and it just didn't uh, it just fell apart. Uh, for the Blazers, Blazers, they are now three and three on the year, and for the Sixers, they are undefeated at five and zero. Oh. For the Sixers, they got a great game from Al Horford, who had 25 points, seven, re uh, seven assists, and also five rebounds. Tobias Harris, the floor, would also go on to have 23 points, seven assists, and three, sorry, seven rebounds and three assists. Ben Simmons would have 18 points, 11 rebounds, and eight assists. And Josh Richardson would go on to have 17 points, six assists, and four rebounds. Uh, for the Blazers, they got 33 points from Dame. He had nine assists as well, and also five rebounds. Rodney Hood, who is on the injured list right now, now uh, he had 25 points and two assists. CJ will go on to get 16 points and three assists. Uh, and also Scal Labby, uh, mm, I think this is the center here. Scal Labissieri. That's how you. That's how you get it. Uh, Labissieri. He'll go on to have 15 points, four rebounds, and two assists. All right, y'all. I'm calling it a wrap for today. I plan on being back to back tonight to go over some NFL action with you guys. Um, outside of that for the week, like I said, I do got part seven of the Golden State issue, my history of California immigration. Um, so far, that's all I got for my my upcoming work. I'm thinking about some more projects to get into. Of course, I'll be having all the updates from the NFL and college football. Of course, we are in the NFL, the NBA season. We got to talk about that as well. So look out for that. Of course, oh, uh, we do have the end of the year uh, baseball awards. Of course, the Cy Young and the MVP. We will be talking about that and also some free agency coming up as well. And uh, some coaching, some uh, managerial, managerial changes as well. So a bunch of teams adding new managers. Of course, we are in the midst of free agency. Uh, Clayton, uh, not Clayton. Not Clayton Kershaw, but Steven Strasburg just opted out of his contract with the Nationals, making him a free agent. So there's a ton of stuff to talk about still. So I will be back in the subsequent days to talk about it. That's just my that is my life. That is my life goal to do. I love it. I like what I'm doing. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my email at ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. ljbutler75 at gmail.com. If you're looking to get in touch with me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, you can add me there or follow me there at ljamalajani. That is E-L-J-A-M-A-H. A D J A N I. Once again, that is L Jamal Ajani. E L J A M A H. 
A-D-J-A-N-I. I also have a page for the Facebook. Uh, I also have a Facebook page for the show as well at Never Out of Bounds. You can look me up there. I do have content. I do have links. Uh, if you are looking to uh, possibly donate, I do have links for my cash app as well as my PayPal. Uh, anything is appreciated. Uh, but if you're looking to get in touch with me, that's how you do it. Uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Uh, peace out. One love. And of course, I will be hollering at y'all later on tonight. All right, y'all. Peace.